Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. So uh, my name's Chris, if we haven't met. Um, I'm our Connections Pastor here, and it's an honor to get to share God's Word with you today. But before we get into the message, I just want to turn your attention to your connection card. Um, it looks like this, and it's inside your program. We ask that no matter how many times you filled these out, or even if you're here with us for the very first time today, first, we want to say we're glad you're here, but second, uh, just... Uh, we, I, I, would, I would encourage you to fill these out, and here's why. Uh, through today's message, you're going to be prompted to maybe take some next steps in your faith. Uh, because we believe it's impossible to follow Jesus if you're standing still, right? Make sense? So, uh, I just want to ask you to, to fill these out as much as you feel comfortable. Uh, staff's going to pray over them this week, so you'll be able to do that and know that you're being prayed for by name specifically uh, this week as you go into whatever the rest of your week looks like. So I just want to encourage you to do that. And uh, you can do all that with our no hassle guarantee. We're not going to be creepers or nothing and show up at your house. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and uh, we'll collect those a little bit later in the service. So today uh, we're continuing our series called This Is Us. Is anybody familiar with the TV show? Okay, well, I wasn't. And so I was like, well, if I'm speaking on This Is Us, I want to learn a little bit about This Is Us. And I will tell you, everybody, everybody that I told I was going to watch it was like, oh, you'll cry, you'll cry. I'm not going to say that they were right, but I'm also not going to say that they were wrong, okay? So there was one time maybe where I, I think I yawned is probably what happened, right? That's, that's a more manly thing to say. But look, uh, we're, we're drawing some, some biblical spiritual principles out of, out of this show. And so today, today I want to talk to you. Uh, the message today is titled, This is Friendship. So we've already talked about uh, uh, relationships, uh, marriage, family, but today we're going to talk about friendship, which is something that we don't really get a chance to talk about. So I've been excited about this. Um, I'm just going to share this with you. Did you know that over the course of the average human being's life, okay, this is most of us, okay, uh, did you know that you will go through, not that you will create and maintain and develop, but you will go through about 400 friends. Now that sounds like a lot, right? Sounds like a lot of friends, but that's go through. That's how many you will make and then that's it, right? Uh, every, for a season maybe there in your life. But here's the thing, the 400 sounds like great news, but here's the sad part about that though. Did you know that only one out of every 12 will become a great friend? or a real friend and will last. So 400 good friends you'll go through, okay? Those are the ones that they know it's your birthday because Facebook told them so, but, right? But somebody got convicted. But, um, but one in 12, one in 12 of those will go on to become real friends that will last, okay? So um, 
that sounds like a really small number. I mean, that's less than 10%. That sounds like a really small number. So today, I'm going to talk to you about some things, but we're going to look straight, uh, straight from the mouth of Jesus himself. In Matthew 7, 12, this is what everything we talk today is going to stem from here. Uh, this is what it says. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative. Okay, there's a verb there. That means we have to do something. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Now, that probably sounds familiar because it's been quoted even outside of the Bible. Um, It's been referred to as the golden rule, and it's a surefire way to make sure you make great friends. But why don't more people do it? See, what this verse, what it really boils down to and what it really says is treat people the way you want people to treat you. Okay? And, And that sounds like common sense, but one out of 12. Something isn't clicking. Something isn't working. And I believe... We're going to be able to connect some dots and build some bridges with that today. If you'll just follow along and, and really get into this. I, I truly believe we can see better than one out of 12, don't you? Three of y'all? Okay. Last service had an excuse. It was nine o'clock. But listen, you guys work with me. If you'll talk back to me, we'll have a great time today, okay? All right. You got it already. Just need a little coaching. Hey, so here's the thing. This golden rule, why is it so important? This golden rule will make sure that your relationship, okay, your friendship doesn't become the Titanic, okay? We don't want that. We don't want that. We want it. That was way funnier than y'all laughed at it, by the way. <laughs> you know, the fact is, this is the fact that we don't think about a lot, but did you know that we actually attract what we are? Did you know that? We don't attract what we want. So let me tell you something. If you look around at your closest friends and everybody's bitter, they got it from somebody. But if all of your friends are awesome, then congratulations. You're doing really, really good, okay? You're doing really, really good. But we attract who we are. Uh, So I want to give you three ways to develop and maintain real friendships, okay? Real friendships. So that's the one out of 12, but we want to take that number up. Number one is this. Write this down. Uh, Invest the time. Invest the time. You know, it's been said uh, throughout history that time is our most valuable asset. Time's the one thing you can't create more of, okay? But, but time is our most valuable asset, but we tend to waste it, kill it, or spend it. You ever notice that? We tend to waste it, kill it, or spend it. You can make more money in your life but you can't make more time. It's the only thing we can't make. That's why it's so valuable and so vital to invest time in our friendships. Uh, let's look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 24. I love the fact that there's sarcasm in the Bible. And if y'all don't believe me, you notice how like, if I'm like, oh, we're friends, you know what that means, right? And forgive me for this to begin with, but we're friends, right? Okay. When, when something has air quotes around it, it ain't for real. So this is what it says. Proverbs 18, 24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Notice it doesn't say than a neighbor, a brother. You know, and I I got to thinking about this, and you know, and I thought about my little brother. And over the years, we've grown up and uh, moved to different states and, and started families and done all these things. But a real friend who invests the time and is continually interested in you and wants to know what goes on in your life we'll become closer to a brother. And I'm going to give you an example of this. So uh, my friend, Brandon Keller, 
Um, he, he saved me from making a terrible decision, okay? He saved me from making a terrible decision. See, I've been a pastor for about three years now. Um, and then before that, I've talked about this here before, uh, I, was, I was in trucking for the better part of 15 years. And I know I don't look old enough for that, but thank you. Thank you for your kindness. But, but I was in trucking for the better part of 15 years, trucking and logistics, okay? And, and so that's what I did for the longest. And this is something that's kind of some inside baseball to my life. Um, I actually had an opportunity to get into ministry and, and become a pastor and, 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 and work with some amazing people, even though uh, the, the role wasn't exactly something that I was, I was designed for, right? You ever had that happen? You ever had this great opportunity, but it's not really something you're going to enjoy? And I know that probably sounds sacrilegious to some people in here, but I'm going to be honest. Do you want a pastor that hates being your pastor? No! Because he's not going to do a very good job with you. So here's what happens. I had an opportunity to get into, to get into ministry and work with some great people. And, and so I'd already talked with Jessica, my, my wonderful wife, and we've bounced this back and forth. And again, this is years ago. And we, we bounced this back and forth and we talked about it and we couldn't really come to a decision. We, we searched the word, we prayed about it and all this. And, and so what we did is uh, what I did is I talked to my friend Brandon and, I, and he gave me 12 words that changed my life forever. You ever said something that you really don't think is that big of a deal? And then it really is to somebody else, okay? So I asked him, I didn't ask him if I would like it. Yeah, I knew I'd like it because I'd like the people I was around, but I asked him this, uh, because I feel like if you're going into ministry, you need to love what you do because people like each and every one of you deserve someone who loves what they do, okay? I really believe that. And so I came to him and I, uh, and I asked him, I said, would I love it? These 12 words changed my life, okay? He said, I don't, I don't know if you would love it. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. He said, I know you'd be great at it, but I don't know if you'd love it. That's what he said. He was honest with me. And he saved me from making the wrong decision, even though it was for the right reason. Make sense? He saved me from doing that, and I tell you what, I would have been miserable. I am now a pastor in this church, and I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. Even on the worst days, I love what I do. But I wouldn't have under the circumstances and, and the way that I would have been serving uh, in that ministry, it just wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been good for anybody. And he, he said that, but here's how. See, Brandon's not just somebody that knew who I was. You know what I mean? He knew me. He, he had become closer than a brother. He had asked me questions about my day, my job, my life. He had served in the trenches uh, in volunteer ministry with me. He, he, had, he knew my kid's birthday, my wife's birthday, my birthday, even when I didn't remember it. He knew these things because he had invested time in that friendship. Don't you want a friend like that? You want more than one out of 12 like that, right? That's what we're talking about. You have to invest the time. Time is so precious, but it is so vital to a real friendship. So Philippians 2.4, this is what it says. Uh, and this is exactly what he did. Philippians 2.4, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't, okay, now this is what's hard for all of us, okay, in today's culture. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Now notice it didn't say forget yourself and just serve everybody else and never think about anything that you want in the rest of your life until you meet Jesus in heaven. Didn't say that. What it said is forget yourselves long enough to help somebody else. 
Just long enough to help somebody else. You're going to come back to you. That's okay. But forget yourself long enough. And if he had not done that, I would have made a, the worst, likely the worst decision of my life. And I'm ever, ever, forever going to be thankful. You know, Zig Ziglar, one of the, the uh, uh, Zig Ziglar kind of started what we would now call a motivational speaker. And if you're familiar, um, he's so fun to listen to, like his old tapes and CDs and, and things like that. I like, I like to listen to him, but, but this is what he says. You will get everything you've ever wanted in life if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Does that sound familiar? It's kind of shiny, right? It kind of sounds like a golden rule a little bit. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Help people get what they want and you'll automatically begin to get what you want. It's, it's amazing what happens when we work together that way. And you know what? Friends who become family, friends who become closer than a brother, that's what we're all about here at SCC. That's who we are. So if you're new and you're curious, that's who we are. If you've been around and you still haven't figured out, that's who we are. And because we believe that it's important to follow the model Jesus gave us, and this is the model Jesus gave us, okay? Uh, Jesus meets us, right, when we're, before we're Christians, right? Jesus meets us exactly where we are right now, whether you're in the penthouse or the poorhouse, right? Doesn't matter where you are in your life, Jesus will meet you exactly where you are and begin to initiate that relationship. So we believe that it's important to follow that example and do the same thing. So what we have here is, is we, we've devised and created uh, what we think is just so important to the spiritual development of, of, of the people of this church. Uh, it's, it's called Growth Track, and you've probably heard a lot about it or heard a little about it, but I'm going to explain it real quick. If you're in a place right now to where you haven't decided, uh, if you don't have a church home per se, right? You're not a member, like you go somewhere, maybe here, wherever, but you go somewhere, but you're not a member. Guess what? We're gonna put you around people who are in the exact same place you are. Because we believe that's what Jesus instructed us to do, meet people where they are. So we're gonna put you with other people who are still trying to decide if they wanna become members of, of our church. That's where we're gonna put you. Uh, not only that, uh, and then you'll get to make that decision if you choose to, but not only that, we're gonna put you around other people who really haven't figured out why God created them. Like what's their purpose? What are they good at? What are they gifted at? We're gonna put you in a room with those people. And it's not just adults, okay? This is middle school, high school, all the way up. This is adults, this is families. We had a family go through a couple weeks ago, it was awesome. And, uh, but, but anyway, uh, we're gonna put you with people that don't really know how to manage their personalities and you can learn that as well. And here's what I ask you to do, I'm challenging you this. All you have to do is check on the back of your connection card. Send me information. I'm not asking you to sign up for nothing today. Uh, I just want you to say, send me some information. I'll send you an email with the info and give you everything, you, every answer, every question you could possibly have about it. That's all I'm asking you. Say, send me the info and I'll send you that this week. Cool? All right. Three of y'all listen to anything. Okay. Number two. So we've, we've kind of covered that. Number two, earn their trust. Earn their trust. You know, trust is, a, trust is a neat concept, right? It's one of the hardest things in life to gain, isn't it? I mean, it really is. You ever met somebody who's been burned before? Like, emotionally burned before? It takes a lot of work to earn trust. But it is the easiest thing in the world to lose. It, it, it's baffling. It, it's something, money's not that way. Money's not that way. Cars aren't that way. Houses aren't that way. But trust, like time, it's a commodity, it's an asset. We have to manage that. So I'm gonna share with you some ways we do that. You know, trust is actually what makes a friendship a friendship. 
It's being able to trust somebody. If I can't trust you, we're not going to be friends. At least not for long, right? This is the first way we do that. I got a few sub points here I want to get with you on. Uh, the first way we do that, how do we earn the trust? By being reliable. Write that one down. By being reliable. So as, I was, as I was preparing for today's message, uh, uh, and, and you know, I don't speak every week, so I, sometimes I'll have like a month, maybe two months to work on something and just let God talk to me. And, and some people call that lazy, but I'm fine with it because I like to just go back and forth with God. God, I don't think this. I know, but the Bible says this. And that, anyway, so that's where we landed, by being reliable. And, and here's the cool thing. I came to a verse, Proverbs 17, 17, that works for two different things I want to talk to you about. And it's really cool the way it was laid out because the first half works for the first thing I want to talk to you about. And that's this, uh, by being reliable. Proverbs 17, 17a says, friends love through all kinds of weather. All kinds of weather. Have you ever noticed, and keep that in mind, friends love, okay? That's an act. It's a verb. It means to serve. Friends will serve one another. Friends love one another. But have you ever noticed that being loving isn't always convenient, is it? Oh, okay. Just me. Look, being loving is not always convenient. And I'm going to tell you a story about a time where being loving was not convenient in my life for a friend of mine. And he's actually in this service, so I'm not going to look at him because I'll laugh too hard. But, but he's in the service. And I want to tell you a story about a time a friend of mine showed me how reliable he was. Okay, Never question that friendship. So I want to tell you about what I have dubbed the flat tire from hell. Okay. Did y'all hear him say hell? Yes, he did. Listen, <laughs> the flat tire from hell, okay? This is what happened, okay? It probably didn't happen this way, but when it happened and you're going 65 miles an hour and all of a sudden one of your rims is rubbing the asphalt, you are terrified. And it felt like in that moment that the devil himself had reached up from the pits of hell, grabbed my tire, and ripped it to shreds. It was probably a nail, but that's my story. I'm going with it. Okay, that's my story, and I'm going with it. But, so when this happened, uh, my friend Lee, he, I'm looking through my phone, and I'm like, who can help me? And before we get to this, okay, I want each and every one of you to know that I am just as manly as any other guy in here. I can change my own tire. Let's just go ahead and set that groundwork right now. But what had happened was... I jacked the truck up, right? I've never had a flat in this truck. I jacked the truck up, okay? Everything was fine. Everything was cool. I got the, got the brand new um, uh, the spare down, and, and I'm about to change the tire out, right? And I'm behind it, okay? It's a rear tire. So I'm behind the truck, and I'm f making sure the jack's up just high enough. And this is what happens. Um, for some reason, the truck rolls off the jack in my general direction. Almost rolled over the Chris, but it didn't, thank God. But anyway, so the jack was then wedged under the truck. And I, and I know you're wondering, what does this have to do with it? You know, just bear with me. But the jack rolls over. Okay, so there's a steel beam down the middle of a jack, if you're not familiar with that. Most of them anyway. It was bent completely. Okay? It was a little scary and when it happened, but afterwards it was just like, oh, I bet I put the jack in the wrong place. Anyway, I called up Lee, who was actually already doing something that he had planned to do. He was having a good time. He was doing it. Here's what he did. This man shows up with not just one jack, okay? He brought AutoZone with him. He shows up with two jacks 
One of them looked like he works at Goodyear. You know, the big ones. He shows up with one of those, and then he's got another one, and we put it on both sides of the truck. And it might not have been as dramatic as I'm making it sound, but it felt like it. And then we get the tire off, and we go on with our day. But here's what he did. He showed me that I never had a problem. I, I already knew that I could trust him, but I would trust him with anything in my life, including my wife and son. You know why? Because he showed me exactly how reliable he was willing to be for our friendship. He put him on hold long enough to help me. It means the world. And I'm going to tell you uh, the second part, this, the second thing we need to touch on now, second thing is this, by being loyal, by being loyal. And we're going to look at the second part of Proverbs 17, 17, so B uh, for, for the type A people. Um, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. So they kind of sound the same, but they kind of say something different. You know, people, people nowadays, let's be honest, people aren't really loyal anymore, are they? You know, as a Georgia fan, I know the struggle because you get to the end of the season and your team has played so great, you make it to the national championship for the first time in your lifetime, maybe the only time. and you don't win, you're ready to fire. Jesus, fire the coach. That's what you say. Jesus ain't even the general manager. He ain't firing the coach. But that's what some of us said. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It's going to be okay. But, but you think about it. This can, go, this can apply to families, right? We have a lack of loyalty these days over small disagreements. This can happen with your favorite restaurant. Maybe, maybe they burn your food, and you think I'm joking. You're like, no, I love them. I find a bug in your food, you'll never go back. I don't care how good it's been for 25 years, you won't go back, okay? And if you do, God bless you. But anyway, I believe that all of the reasons that we have a lack of loyalty in our lives stems, I think we can trace it all back to a lack of loyalty for God. For Christians anyway, right? I believe that it all stems from a lack of loyalty to God. And and here's the example I'm going to give you. I would be willing to bet if statistics hold true that a handful of people in this very room right now are watching at home, a handful of those people, if you go into your place of business tomorrow and you tell all of your coworkers that you're in a group or you're serving or you go to church every Sunday and you worship with your hands up and you love Jesus, they might be surprised because they know that you, we don't know, don't they? Right? The ones that ain't laughing... But the truth is, God gave us a very simple way to express our loyalty to him. Very simple way. Okay, when when I get ready, I put on my wedding band, right? And when I do that, I'm expressing loyalty and commitment, and I'm identifying with my wife, Jessica. That's what I'm doing when, when I put on my wedding band. We don't have a wedding band to wear for Jesus, but he did give us this way, okay? And he modeled this by example. When Jesus started his ministry in life, okay? He got baptized. It shows who he belongs to, who he's loyal to, to anybody and everybody that would listen or see. And, and I'm not dogging you. I want to give you an opportunity. If, you, if you've been a Christian for a while and, and maybe you haven't uh, taken your next step of baptism, I want to give you that opportunity. I don't want to deny you that. All you have to do is this. And even if you can't do it next month, you know what, on uh, March 18th, even if you can't do it, on the back of your connection card, if you check it, I'll get with you this week and we'll plan a date for you in the future that works for you. We'll even invite your family and friends, even the ones you don't really like and you're proving them wrong by getting baptized to begin with. 
We'll do all that. We'll do all that. The next one here, the next one here is by keeping confidences. Oh, this one's going to be fun, church. I promise somebody's going to get upset with me in a minute. But listen, by keeping confidences, and I'm even going to Old Testament, so you know it's going to be good, right? Leviticus 19.16 says this. Never gossip, never endanger your neighbor's life. Now, those feel like two weird things to put in the same sentence, don't it? It's like, I can talk about him. He ain't going to die. Are you serious? Never gossip. Never endanger your brother's life. And he even puts an exclamation point on the end by saying, I am the Lord. He probably does it in a much louder voice, but I am the Lord. Never gossip, don't endanger. And now I know, I know, I know. I ain't talking to none of y'all because church people do not gossip. (laughs) Y'all ever heard that old saying, telephone, telegram, telechristian? Y'all ever heard that? Pass that information quick. And we even mask it as concern, don't we? Y'all, we need to pray for so-and-so. <laughs> then you give a laundry list of everything that person's ever done in their life, like going back to kindergarten. And you notice we highlight the ones that they did to us. Because those are the worst. I'm just going gonna, gonna to say this and I'm going to move on. But listen, if somebody, okay, it does, it does put it in the same sentence with that. But here's, here's the thing. If you have a really good friend, right, and you're, you don't have a problem with gossip, but maybe you have a friend that does, there's a difference between coming to somebody for counsel, that's biblical, um, but, but, but this angry gossiping when you're just burying somebody behind their back, that's not biblical. And if somebody will gossip to you, when you go home, they'll gossip about you. So think about that. And it goes, it goes the other way too, okay? It goes the other way, but I, I, I got to move on, but I can't, I can't stress that enough. Not keeping confidences is the number one way to lose that trust. Somebody trusts you and you dog them when they ain't around. Even if you say, well, we need to pray for them. You can say that until your face turns blue, but at the end of the day, if the spirit behind it is, I want to tell you what's going on in their life so you don't focus on what's going on in mine, then we have a problem, church. All right. I know I made somebody mad, so I'm just going to move on, preacher. All right, listen. Number three, and I'm going to kind of bring it down on this. Number three, this is the hardest one of all. Accept their flaws. Accept their flaws. You know, we all have flaws, don't we? Perfect people do not exist. Well, there was one, and he was so perfect that he offended the world so much that they killed him. Happened one time. John 3.16 tells us this. It's the most quoted verse in Scripture, but it tells us this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to explain to you why that's so important, and I'm going to put it in a way uh, for, for everybody here because maybe somebody's never even heard about church, and this is their first Sunday. I'm going to put this the way that I would to my son. So God and bad stuff, they can't be together. But when bad stuff started happening to God's children, he had to send his son Jesus to take the punishment for everything bad that anybody in this room, that me, that anybody watching at home, 
Anybody in the future? Anybody? Our great, great, great grandchildren? Our ancestors? Anybody? He had to take the punishment and the penalty and pay that for each and every one of us and every wrong that would ever be committed throughout all of creation and all of history. One man loved us that much that he took that so we wouldn't have to. That's why having a relationship with Jesus Christ is so important. It's the most important relationship we'll ever have. You might only have one in 12, but when Jesus is your one, it's going to be a lot easier to fill that roster out because we're going to do things better. We're going to follow Jesus closer. We're going to, we're going to show people what it's like to have a relationship that's above all relationships. So I'm going to challenge you, if that's you today and you need to start that relationship, uh, on the back of your card, here's what I'm going to ask. If you pray the prayer that's in your program, okay, it, 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 it seems like such a simple thing, but it's so not. It's such a big thing to have Jesus in your life. If you do that, I'm just asking you, if you pray that prayer today, to check the box. I want to pray for you personally this week because you're important. I'm going to move on. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So, basically, the way that God has forgiven us in our life for way more than we're going to need to forgive other people for, if we're going to be honest. Okay? Getting cut off in traffic... And got nothing on what Jesus paid the penalty for. Okay, in the moment it feels like it, but it's not. So we have to forgive each other. It's so hard to forgive each other, isn't it? Like, I, I know people that, that, that won't forgive each other over the smallest things. Like, oh, I wanted to buy that car and he bought it out from under me and we ain't talked in 25 years, but we've been best friends since kindergarten. That has happened. That's a big deal. We have to learn to do that. Now, a lot of times, it's because we don't really know how to resolve conflict, right? We don't really know. I know pastors talked about that recently, but we don't really know. I want to tell you this. There's a biblical model, okay? Craziest thing ever. Who would have thought that if God puts it in the Bible, it might work, right? Let there be light, right? Just saying. But Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Jesus gives us a three-step process to resolve conflict between people that care about one another, okay? I'm just gonna break that down for you. This is what Jesus said. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That doesn't mean gang up, right? You and him. And I would even add something to this, okay? I would just, this is my take. I would cool off first, okay? Because if you're already fighting over something, you're not gonna be able to compromise over it. Take a break. Go get some fresh air, then come back, revisit it when both parties have kind of calmed down a bit. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Now we're moving into phase two, step two. But if he does not listen, if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. That once again, they're coming to hear the whole story, not just yours. You bring in a couple other people. You don't gang up. 
You bring a couple other people who are familiar or maybe not even familiar. That might even be better. And just let them hear the story from both sides, everybody together. This doesn't mean you go talk to those two or three people without the person that offended you to begin with, though. This is that, okay? Because otherwise it becomes gossip, and we've kind of already talked about that. All right. If, this is, number, this is the third part, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Now, I want to stop for a minute and tell you what this does not mean. This does not mean you write six paragraphs on Facebook trashing somebody and say, well, Jesus sees it, the whole church sees it, I, this counts, I did it, Chris. That's not what that says. You go find your group leader, you go get one of your pastors, you go get a, a, a ministry leader, okay? You get somebody who can speak on behalf of the church. That's what that means. It doesn't mean you come stand right here. And I know this is a little confusing because we might have heard it different ways, but this doesn't mean you drag them down here on Sunday morning in front of everybody. That's not what it means. You ain't accomplishing nothing that way, except for embarrassing whoever you're bringing them to. But this is the thing, this is the catch. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, that basically meant as a non-believer. It really does. Or somebody you just don't associate with. What it doesn't mean is they, that, that if you go through all that and you still can't resolve the conflict, that you put you blacklist them amongst all your friends so that they're singled out. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you make your friends choose between you and them. It doesn't mean that. In today's world, it means you do you, let them do them. That's what it means. Doesn't mean you can't come to church together. Doesn't mean you can't work together. Doesn't mean you can't live under the same roof. But what it does mean is just let them be them. And you worry about you. Doesn't mean you don't love them. As a matter of fact, I believe that when you get to that point, God forbid, but if you ever do get to that point, it is a greater way to love them, to put distance between you and them, I'm going to close with this today. John 13, 35. This is where I believe every single thing we've talked about today comes to a head. This is where I believe it all comes to a head. And this is what it says. John 13, 35 says this. Your love, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's what Jesus said. The way you treat one another, back to the golden rule, we started with this. Half an hour ago, that's the first thing I talked to you about. Your love for one another, your willingness to serve one another, even if it means from a distance, will prove to the world that we belong to Jesus, that he lives within us, that we don't have to have our way and always be right that sometimes ain't nobody getting their way and we're just gonna agree to part ways. It means that the way that we love one another, the way that we talk to one another, communicate, interact with one another, the way that we do those things is how the whole world will change by seeing God's love in practice. Would you stand with me? We've talked about investing the time. That means we're gonna be more intentional about our relationships. We're, I'm gonna know you, you're gonna know me. That's what that looks like. We've talked about earning trust. And I would even add to that, you need to be a person who is worthy of that trust, right? Amen? Because it all comes down to this. We are all flawed, but despite 
all of our flaws, in spite of all of that, Jesus still gave his life for each and every one of us so that one day we could change the world and they could see him. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.